Are we recording? Oh yeah! It's like <laughs> a year from now. Macho. Oh man, that's Vincy. I like that my kids know that I'm healthy and strong and fit, and that their mom is healthy and strong and fit. Going, okay, I can still get better without having to do a max effort every single day. Smashing yourself on the roller for uh, an hour, right? you're good by the next day as long as you had a sandwich and a net. So in today's episode, we're going to uh, uh, we're going to be talking about something. Or um, I guess we're, it's going to be a, definitely a repeating episode, a themed episode that we're going to call "Changed My Mind." Um, so really, each of us is just going to talk about something. Um, that over the years from experience and maybe just learning or conversation we've come to see differently uh, it may not be entirely differently but in some fundamental way it's differently it's different um, or it could be entirely different and something we may have thrown away so again the theme is changed my mind okay something I've changed my mind on I guess over the last couple of years is different from from when I first started designing programs um, would be my approach in how I how I program things that people are good at. So in the past, if I had an assessment with somebody and I get all of their uh, relevant relevant information, the the big bulk and still the big bulk of what I focus on are are, are area, obvious, obviously areas that they need to work on areas in which in their week. However, over the last couple of years, I realized that there's a lot of value in doing things that they're good at as well, um, and mainly because things that they're good at are typically things that are fun for them to do and if they're doing things that are fun for them the motivation stays quite high if you're constantly doing things and programming things for your clients that they're not great at that takes a lot of mental effort um, sometimes you can just kind of you can you can get demotivated a little bit um, and so just having something that you're good at that you enjoy doing keep keeps motivation high and just uh, allows allows the person to have a little bit more fun with their training. Um, so an example of that, for example, would be someone who's really good at front squatting that doesn't really need to front squat, but they enjoy it and throwing it in their program. And it's not a regular occurrence necessarily, but you know you kind of sprinkle it in here and there because they enjoy doing it. Uh, something else would be they really like doing like a CrossFit style workout, and it may not be relevant for the time of year. They may not be preparing for a CrossFit competition or any competition in that regard for a while, but they just they like the feeling of really getting after it and kind of smashing themselves like once a week or once every two weeks, and putting that in there. And previously, I wouldn't have done it. I just would have said, no, that's not the that's not the focus. That's not what we need to work work on right now. But I was kind of missing the point of why they're asking for it. They're asking for it because they got a lot of enjoyment out of it. Um, and so that's one thing that I think I, I changed quite quite a bit with almost all of my clients over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's um, wh- so I guess what you're saying is that it's, it's really important to ensure that the client is going to perform. Um, so I guess it's kind of saying like there's the there's the best possible program for that client, and then there's the one that they're going to follow with all their heart, right? And that's really the one you have to give them. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the most successful one. Yeah. And obviously, you know you know best. Like you know them probably better than they know themselves, and that's why they're they're working with you. But um, but yeah, it's 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 important for them. <clears throat> Again, yeah, it just comes back back to that motivation piece, and then being motivated, and and then they're less likely to probably stray and do extra work on their own, and then end up getting themselves in trouble doing something stupid that they shouldn't be doing, or that they don't realize will impact training for the next day. So if 
if they leave it up to you, you can give them something like that that doesn't really interfere with any other of the work that they have to do that's, that's programmed throughout the week, right? Yeah, and then their program seems like it's less removed from what they're probably trying to do, right? What, what their overreaching goal is. Yeah, yeah like if they're, trying to, if they're trying to compete in some fitness competition and they're never doing things that resemble fitness, like maybe you're talking about a couple of years ago, they may, you know, which again, you start reducing motivation, you start reducing everything. Um, yeah, and it just, if, I guess if you're impacting, which is a great point, right? You start impacting that uh, and you start losing, the person starts losing interest in what they're doing simply because of, you know, there's this ironclad principle we have to attack their weaknesses. Uh, then that's not, that's not effective at all, right? Yeah, that's a good one. All right, we'll go to Jason next. So the first thing that I think of that I've changed my mind on is the uh, the focus on intensity in every training session. Coming from a CrossFit background, um, the rule was high intensity no matter what. Um, now going forward with programming, it's it's not the rule. It's kind of the exception in that if you're always going for intensity as the goal of the training session, you're likely sacrificing something else. So whether that's how or how many repetitions of a high skill movement you can do, or the length of the session, or the overall stress load of that week, um, if your focus is entirely on intensity in a training scenario, it's detrimental to the overall training process. So I think now it's it, you always have to have the sport in mind when when you're programming for somebody as as the the sport still measures intensity or power output um every any race does or any sport kind of where you're measuring performance of individuals it's all about intensity who can lift more weight who can run faster further who can throw further it's but how you train that is not always maximal intensity, maximal effort, because that is not sustainable, um, and it doesn't allow for proper skill development. And also within the sport of CrossFit, it may not be the best way to train endurance, because how often, how many hours can you spend f training specifically for intensity um, when you want to accumulate a significant amount of volume which will allow you to become more enduring across all events, not just the one that you have to go fast for. So. Yeah, it's interesting. For me, um, I, I would say I, um, I was like sheltered from that mm. when I first started coaching. Like my, my, uh, the way my brother did the training just wasn't like that. So I was just sheltered from that idea I'm and, sure you saw it from oh, people coming oh, from CrossFit sure. into yeah. different styles of training. Yeah. You're like, they just want to go fast all the time. Yeah, and I guess even to a certain extent, when I was in university, that's probably how I did the training. It was just max effort in whatever I was doing every day, whether it's just weightlift, whether it was weightlifting, or some form of cardio conditioning stuff. Whatever I was doing, it was always like it was usually like this is going to be really hard. Let's get ready and go. Um, but then once I kind of got to, once I kind of actually started coaching people, and most of the coach, most of the programs were designed by my brother, and I was just following through the training he was giving them. Uh, it just, but yeah, I, like I said, I, I was just, I was just sheltered from that idea of being like, we're gonna do, 
a six, we're going to do six minutes of total work today and it's going to be max effort. It's more about like we're going to do six minutes of work. That's kind of tough. And then we're going to rest and we're going to probably do it five more times. And then, but even trying to like, again, if you're talking about yourself, right? You're like trying to get your, your brain to understand that and think of like the athlete, if they come from that idea, getting them to understand and trust that, you know, like going 10 seconds slower on a 2k row and repeating it over and over is probably way more effective. Um, than doing it once every week and just killing yourself because <laughs> you, there's not enough duration to provide there's likely not enough like stress being applied uh, to create the adaptation you're looking for especially once you get to any decent level of ability uh, like like again just the short the short max efforts are yeah you're probably just sharpening a really small crappy axe well and i mean it's also individual too there are some people that don't know how to go fast mm-hmm. And then you have to expose yeah. them to that. But that's also, it's also <laughs> a really stressful thing. If, if That's me. You don't think you know how to go fast? No. Slow and steady, baby. But it's, it's a tool to be applied. It's not the entire goal of all training, mm-hmm. which coming from a different background is like, that's it. If you're not going as fast as possible, then why are you in training? Kind yeah. of idea. But you can see that too, at like coaching in a CrossFit class. You can see people once they reach that threshold where they're spending more time resting than working because they're just exhausted and they still have X number of reps to do and they're just doubled over. Like, I'll go a little bit slower and focus on quality and you you have a much, much better training um, effect and also, uh, what's, what's the other word, experience because you're not hating it the entire time for those all six minutes. Yeah. Okay, so for me, I'll start with a simple one in our first episode. I'll just do the, um, uh, so the classic 30 on, 30 off intervals. Uh, and so what I mean by that is basically, uh, think, you know, like I said, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, and you might do a total of, you know, between uh, 10, 20, 30 would be a low end of total work sets. Uh, could be up to like 60 or 80 in one session. That's a lot. Um but if you're like, again, so just to give someone an example, so let's just think uh, they're going to do 30 seconds of rowing, 30 seconds of walking, 30 seconds of air bike, 30 seconds of walking, and then maybe 30 seconds of like uh, kettlebell swings, 30 seconds of walk, 30 seconds of burpees, 30 seconds of walk. And they're going to go through that for, you know, t- five, 10 rounds or so. Um, yeah, so like... Uh, I would say it's, it's not that I don't use that style of training anymore in certain um, for certain people. It's just like the context of how I'm thinking of it when I'm using it more, more so. So I guess in the past, I would, all, I would basically think almost anything that's appropriate in terms of a movement that can fit into that 30-second interval would be is, is totally fine uh, to be used and it's going to be effective. And, and, and being effective means uh, it's going to improve likely like uh it's going to improve the aerobic energy system that's probably what i was thinking about so it's going to improve the ability of the person to work <clears throat> and improve the person uh hopefully uh help them recover so it'll be work rest work rest um but what i noticed over a lot of time um is that i just felt like the uh, the performance of individuals within those sessions was not representative of their actual performances 
And what I mean by that is that you start going, okay, so if these like training sessions and the paces they're able to hold and what they're doing is not actually representative of their of their of what they can actually do in an, in an actual test, like an actual CrossFit test, um, then you start questioning and going, all right, well, it, it's not very predictive. Uh, that's one thing that kind of went off my mind. It doesn't that doesn't it doesn't mean it has to be predictive to be a, for it to be good training. But that was the kind of first thing that went off. But then you start thinking like, why? Like, why are you doing it? Like. Uh, all right, so if I'm doing it for work capacity advancement, um, is 30 seconds, 30 second work intervals the best way to do that uh, for people that are like you know beyond beginner? And uh, my opinion now is just, no, it's just it's not. Uh, it's it's real. It's a really beginner level uh, format because it kind of prevents you from getting into a lot of trouble because it's only 30 seconds of work you're performing, and like preventing someone from getting into a lot of trouble that's provided uh, the pacing is still uh, the, the pacing is still adhered to uh, and like the efforts adhered to so for example if one of those 30, 30 second intervals includes an air bike and Jason Hop gets to that 30 second interval and he goes for 100 RPMs for the 30 seconds well he's still going to dig himself a big hole <laughs> so then you would go alright well you know Jason probably go at 70-75 RPMs whatever um, again, so like what, what I'm thinking of is how, how it's changed is that it's not that I don't use those intervals is the, the, uh, the way I would use them. I usually use them in the context of like, so we were talking about this earlier, Tom is, um, almost like allowing, allowing individuals to practice specific things or specific movements in, in that type of format. Um, or just getting people to do extra work after the most, like an actual important portion of conditioning like an actual sport specific portion of conditioning so it's like a 6, 8, 12, 20 minute um, sustainable hard effort and then you're just going to do some extra work afterwards and it fits into the 30 on 30 on format because I don't want it to be that mentally challenging um, or it's uh, it's just being used as like maintenance it's like okay I want to uh, because you can just you can you can control stuff and you can add up things you're like alright well I want them to kind of hit these amount of numbers here and here and it's just maintenance work uh, to keep them like somewhat uh, competent at doing like all the all the basic movements, and it provides them a variety and just like maintenance on practicing cycling, dumb cycling dumbbell snatches, uh, doing wall balls, doing double unders, practicing different variations of stuff. And it's like ah, it's just kind of a way to practice those movements before we kind of enter them into an actual important component. Or for younger people, it's just a way um, to build work volume potentially. You can increase the workload each each week and it goes from like 20 sets, 24 sets, 28 sets, something like that. So I guess in that way, it's important, right? Um, but when you start talking about people that are really good, I think it really starts losing its value. Um, and it has to be con like, it has to be put in the right context. Uh, and but again, it's not to say that it, it won't work or it's not effective. It's just that it's not, I'm just saying that it's not the best use of your time. Like you can make that session better. So instead of saying, we're going to have Tia Claire Toomey do like 10 rounds of 30 second row at probably 11 to 1200 cows an hour, 30 second walk around, 30 second bar facing burpees, 30 second walk, 30 second air bike at like probably 65, 68 RPMs, 30 second walk, 30 seconds of wall balls. You're like, okay, well, all right, that's 40 minutes of work for Tia, but what did Tia learn from that? Like what did Tia get out of that? For her like how is that gonna how does that help her beat Sarah and keep beating Kat Katrin right out of that one session 
so now she's done so 10 rounds of wall balls. so she's done 150 wall balls but what value did you get out of those wall balls right you know what I mean like what what was it what did you get out of it like for Tia it's not about she needs to do 150 wall balls to keep her legs fit that's not it so you want to you want to make those 150 wall balls smarter right you want to make them a better teachers type thing and you want to put them in a better context and that's what I'm saying is that like when you're trying to make the when you're trying to make the session be the educator for the for the athlete and make them not just like physical education like make them smarter competitors and give them better scenarios and like uh, or you're trying to just anyway um, yeah that I think that's the thing that, that like again when I talk about people that are more advanced that's what I that's the way I think of those intervals now and it's, again, it's not to say I don't ever use them. I just think the value of them needs to be placed accordingly. Uh, and I, 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 I way overvalued them when I was probably, uh, probably five, six, seven years ago. I would have used them a lot, thinking they were really, really good. Any questions on that? Then what's what's the more What's the more common? Do you give like minute on, minute off? Like just a sip, just a bait. Like if you're gonna, like if we're gonna start, if we're gonna start saying it based on like applicability to the sport, like intervals that are inter, like intervals that are longer than thirty seconds to me are much, much more relevant for people, um, because you're gonna actually start seeing people have to pace within it, and that is what the sport is, right? They're gonna have to pace because within thirty seconds, like I said, a lot of times you can just get away with it. Like it's more important for people to know how to do 60 seconds of wall balls and know the need to break at 40 seconds to keep doing that for 10 rounds as opposed to going after round five of doing this, like I'm, I'm completely imploding. It's like we well, need to know that you need to do it at this point, but 30 seconds for you is not teaching you anything. You're getting away with the idea. You're not learning what I'm wanting you to learn. And again, that's not to say that you can't use those intervals. You can, but I just think you want to use them with, in the right context. And, th and think of them the right way for it for people that are advanced. Again, for beginners, I think it's good because it's foolproof. They get to keep repeating the sets, the work sets. So they keep they keep the goal is to go. Okay, so I want you to get the same reps every single round here. So let's say we got five different exercises of thirty seconds on, thirty seconds off. That's five minutes per round. And you're like, I want you to do five rounds of this. So it'll be twenty five minutes total, twelve and a half minutes of work. And all the subsequent work work sets, I want each each movement to be the same amount of reps each round. So if you're doing rowing in the first interval, I want you to get the same amount of meters or row the same pace or get the same calories every single round. Like, good, that's good. But again, to me, when you start thinking about people that are really, really good, what are they getting out of that? Like, I, I just, I don't know, I, that, that's the question I started asking. Like, what are they getting out of this? Other than just doing stuff. They're just doing work, which is okay. But how do we smarten it up a bit? Like, how do we make it more effective? How do we make it a better educator? You were talking earlier, too, about the fact that <clears throat> you're training someone for an endurance sport, but that has huge swings in intensity and paces, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you use the analogy of training someone to be a good runner as a soccer player. Oh, that, a good that, that was how I use the ergs in general. Yeah. It might be another episode. But yeah, <laughs> that's okay though. But we'll just, just tease that one. Yeah, exactly. But just instead of using it's, so it's a very similar concept, right? Yeah. Concept of being like you're training runners to compete in soccer, you're not training runners to compete in marathon. And that's the way I think of like using ergs in fitness, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's like you want it like once they get to, again, once they get to a competent level, you need to be using them effectively 
to challenge other skills within the sport, to challenge certain physiological characteristics, to challenge other to challenge other movements, whatever it is. Um, but like, yeah, it, it, it's it, yeah, it, it, as opposed to like just training the rower for the rower in of, in, in of itself, uh, where which makes sense when you're a beginner. It does, and again, it can still make sense when you're really fit. It absolutely can. And it's not to say it doesn't. Uh, I, again, I'm just saying that um, the way I would use it is different, and it's not to say it's not to say I don't do and just rowing sessions for clients because I absolutely do. But the way they look now is light years different, and I think they're much more effective. And we can get into that next time. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you like us, don't forget to leave us a review wherever you listen and tell some friends. This is how new people can find out about us. Make sure you follow the Instagram for updates on upcoming episodes at Spiral Out Podcast. We don't have any formal plans for topics that we're going to cover on this show. But if there's any topics that you guys want to hear more about or something that we haven't covered yet, make sure you send those questions to spiraloutpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us a message on Instagram. I can't promise that we will cover every topic, but we will definitely read all of the messages. And last but not least, for anyone looking for coaching, make sure you head over to OptimumPerformanceCalgary.com. I will include that link in the show notes. If you live here in Calgary, we offer personal training as well as individual design. For those that live far, we also have remote coaching available. If you're interested in attending a fitness camp or possibly hosting one at your facility, you can also find information about those there. We do not plan to cover any of the topics that are covered in the fitness camp to make sure that those stay unique. Thank you for listening. Until next time.